0: You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His Kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurr dot Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcasting.
1: Good evening, this is Blog Talk Radio, Zeal for Your House, I'm David Murray, uh, this is uh, joined with Dorothy Cruthers, and I have a special guest, Mickey Lupicello, who's going to be speaking on... Uh, freedom in Christ. Mickey is someone I am blessed and honored to um, to, to be in his life. Um, Mickey has, um, has, a, has a walk with the Lord that's constantly growing. And he is part of the fellowship that I belong to, so we get a chance to fellowship regularly, and I have the honor of serving in the body of Christ. Uh, Mickey is, is one of the fine young men in this generation that the Lord spoke to me about many, many years ago that I would disciple and teach and point the way that would lead in an end times revival and lead in an end times gathering of brothers and sisters in the Lord that move in great authority and power. We are all called to this, guys. It's a matter of whether we answer the call. And I am blessed and honored. Mickey would never say these things, but the Bible says to honor and consider one another above yourselves. So what I'm speaking right now is in line with Scripture in context. Mickey is someone who is counting the cost, um, he's continuing to look at his intimacy and relationship with the Lord and the things that stand in the way to intimacy. Because you know, intimacy releases power, authority, and the freedom that we have in Christ. The scriptures in John 8, uh, 30, so wait, let me just read it. John 8. Let's start with 34. Jesus answered, and most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So what I want to, to have in your guys in the back of your head as you're listening to Mickey uh, teach and impart the kingdom tonight is to please understand the context of Romans 8, um, 36. So what it is not saying is that if we sin, we are not Because the scriptures made it very clear, we have been made the righteousness of Christ. Jesus paid for all our sins. So what Jesus is saying here is once I have imparted to you the gifts of righteousness, you are no longer a slave to sin. I have empowered you to live through the power of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. I've given you victory in the areas of your spirit man. And as you allow your spirit to flow into the way you think, into what you believe, it will set you free and deliver you from free from the bondage of sin because you're not a slave anymore to sin. You have been empowered by the Holy Spirit who lives in you. You've been given a new covenant, which no covenant had. The Mosaic law did not empower men like to sin. It made them slaves to sin. It pointed the way to what Jesus is talking about here, prophesying the new covenant the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And through that indwelling presence, we are given victory over sin. We have freedom in Christ. Now, again, a broken record, right? We are extremists by nature. The fallen-minded man, if we turn to it, is extremist. We'll say, is that a license to sin? I'm not looking to sin. I'm looking to move in, in feeling and comprehending the kingdom of heaven more and more tangibly each and every day. I enjoy speaking more intimately with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit each and every day. Uh, I am enjoying each season communing more intimately um, with with the host and the kingdom of heaven that, that you see in Acts. That comes by grabbing a hold of who you are in Christ, and through that, shattering the bondage that we have in our thinking and being a slave to sin. That's called freedom in Christ. So if anyone doesn't like the term freedom in Christ, um, that's between us and the Lord because it's in Scripture. Whoever the sun sets free shall be free indeed, free in Christ. So with that, Mickey, thank you for joining us and for taking some time out of your busy schedule uh, for, for joining us tonight.
2: And um, go ahead and take it away, Mickey. Well, thank you, David, uh, and thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's it's absolutely my honor to be on your show and uh, to to have known you. So, I'm uh, super grateful for David. For whoever has doubts in his mind or or whatever, um, we I've known David personally for like around five years now, David.
1: That sounds about right.
2: Yeah, around five years, and he's the same person on the show. As when you know we're talking on the cell phone, I'm I'm hanging out at his house, or we're uh, at the grocery store, or shopping for some cold weather gear. So uh, David, knowing David has been a huge blessing to me, and I, uh, I'm I'm hoping uh, that you all get the same blessing that I do. Um, so I I don't want to, I didn't want to, so side, get sidetracked with that, but uh, I figured I need to say it. Yeah just just in case someone has their doubts about, you know, David's character and stuff. A lot of us are able to see him personally. But uh, that John 8 was a fantastic scripture, man. It almost made me tear up <laughs> when you were reading it. So I also want to talk about, like, us being made free. Uh, you, uh, you've all heard uh, by now and, and now probably know that we're justified by faith in Jesus alone like we're freed from our sin and given a new life by faith alone but uh many people go back to trying to please God with actions or do works uh to try to be more pleasing to God or to uh to for their righteousness or for their salvation but galatians clearly says that 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 is not not the way that God has for us God has the same way we were saved is the foundation that we build upon our whole life and build all, all of our works on faith. Uh, and those are the, the, the works that are going to be rewarded. And so uh, to give some scripture, uh, are you so foolish having been... This is, I'm sorry, this is Galatians 3, three. Are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? uh so so the whole book of galatians is paul exhorting the galatian church who were gentiles if i'm not mistaken that they're trying to follow the law again uh and it's 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 vanity it's actually causing them to to fall and uh like back backstep and uh it's it's taking and hindering their intimacy with christ and i think there's many believers I don't think I know because I, I've spoken with many believers who in some way or another believe they need to follow the law to be to be right with God uh, an example of this would be uh, tithing like people thinking that they need to tithe for God to be pleased with them and to bless them uh, that is an old covenant thinking and um, and you know one other great thing to point out concerning the law is why would you ever want to be under the law? The law was made. We were told it was made so that transgression would increase. It was made to point us to our need for Jesus as the sacrifice, the, the perfect one who would die in our place so that we could have salvation and have life in him. He always wanted us to have a life of faith not of trying to earn it and be 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 perfect by our own works, because our works are filthy rags. Um, so, if you're not convinced with uh, that one verse, uh, here's some more verses uh, about the law. Uh, Galatians 3:10. For all those who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, "Curses everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them." Um, so, so obviously I'd rather not be under a curse. I'd rather be under the grace of Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, we all know that it's impossible, uh, to, to keep the whole law as Jesus explained the law to the Pharisees and the gospels that even if you think in your mind, uh, adulterous thoughts, you've committed adultery. If you hated your brother in your heart, you've committed murder. So we're all guilty before God, and have no way of being perfect through through our own works and uh, Mickey, many of the people me, can I,
1: if i can if I can just add to something to what Mickey is saying guys here that's really important because Mickey, what you're sharing is so simple and yet so profound in the body of Christ, and in a moment, I want to ask you um why do you think it's so difficult for us to receive this good news but before I do guys. What I want to encourage you with is, I think for Mickey, just just some of the scriptures that he quoted, um, you know, he was quoting Galatians 3.30, 3.29 and 30, where it talks about how the law was meant to point us to Christ. In fact, we weren't even meant to have the law. The law was a covenant. If you read the New Testament, if you read, the, read about the Christians that were living under the New Testament, that had the revelation of Jesus Christ revealed, right? The epistles are Christ revealed. The gospels are he, is, he is, has come. The Old Covenant is Jesus is coming. So if just logically, if we break down the the scriptures, the Old Testament, not the Old Covenant, the Old Testament is Jesus is coming. The prophecies of the forgiveness of sins and Jesus dying for our sins starts in in Genesis in the garden. The Old Testament is Jesus is coming. The Gospels are Jesus is God on the earth. He has come. The kingdom has come. The epistles is Christ explained and that he's coming back again. So, one of the things that we struggle with, guys, is that we, we when we're talking about the law and how we've been redeemed from the law, and Mickey just said, you know, if anyone even looks lustily he's committed adultery. If anyone thinks evil, he's committed murder in his heart. But rather than being reminded, rather than remembering that we've been made the righteousness of Christ, right? and you guys know the scriptures, and for those of you that visit my blog, you'll, you'll, the scriptures are on there, but I'm going to throw out some scriptures for you guys to look at. To look at on your own, Colossians three nine and ten, um, Romans eight seven and eight. You know these talk about that we once had a nature that was hostile to God. Now we've been reconciled. We've been made holy and righteous. Um, Hebrews ten ten, Romans three twenty two. Let's read Romans three twenty two. Uh, let's read Romans. He read Hebrews ten ten. By which you were past tense sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So, guys, we have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. We've been given freedom in Christ to walk in intimacy because of the penalty he played, he paid for us. Our role to play in that is to accept in our thinking what has taken place in our spirit man. And that's where the battle takes place, is us accepting it. So what we tend to do is do just what Mickey stated. We we think, well, you know, I, I, I've, Thought lustfully, so I've already committed sin. You know, I've thought this little thought, so I've already committed this sin because the law of love is even tougher, and it is tougher, guys, because we can't do it in our own strength. But if we are more sin conscious, then we are Christ centered. We're out of balance. We're missing the point of the new covenant. The point of the new covenant is freedom to get to know our heavenly Father. It's freedom to be adopted as sons and daughters, and to grow in a relationship that never knows a glass ceiling. If we are focused on our sin, if we're focused on judgment, more than we're focused on what he has given us access to, which is his heart, guys, we're out of balance. There's a lot of out of balance teaching and preaching and proclamations and prophecies going on in this hour because we don't know. We can only teach what we know. Right? Paul says, I came to preach one thing, that and Christ crucified. How many of us are, are we listening to Christ crucified so that we can live? Paul said, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, had the greatest revelation of intimacy with Christ. I set my heart up to do one thing, to preach Christ and Christ crucified. Because he was, the full gospel message is the power of the kingdom lives in us. We've been reconciled back to the Father's heart. So I don't want to get sidetracked on that, but uh, I just want to add that because it dovetails into what you're saying wonderfully, Mickey. And, and that, that kind of leads me to the next question. Am I throwing you off if I ask you what you think is such a hindrance to that, or would you rather discuss that down the road?
2: No, not at all.
1: Not at all. So um, what do you think it is? If, it, if, it, if Mickey, I mean, the entire book of Galatians, really the whole New Testament, but Galatians is a wonderful one. You know, Paul gets done, you know, talking about how he rebuked Peter. You know who Jesus said that, you know, um, Peter is going to help build the, the foundation of the church on the rock of Jesus Christ, right? He, he gets done rebuking Peter, recounting the events of rebuking Peter in chapter 2 of Galatians because he started going back under the law. Then he starts to discuss what you quote in, in Galatians chapter 3. It sounds pretty simple. So what is the struggle for the body of Christ in this hour? Why do we struggle so much to accept his goodness and freedom and accept the liberty we have to develop intimacy. Why are we so focused on what we're doing and on the
2: condemnation and the fear? What is it, Mickey? You know, um maybe you would have an answer. Better. Maybe this could be a rhetorical question, but um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh from from a lot of people, uh maybe they just want control over their own lives, like they want to live their own life like Seeking worth from God, but having worth in other things, like want to have some source of control. And for many, I think the control goes on to others. Like if a a pastor wants to have some type of control, and then controls the people in his congregation or whatever. Uh, uh, I I've often seen that where it's like there's it involves like controlling. Um, wanting to con- be in control and controlling others. Um, do you have any other, uh, like, thoughts on, on this that I may, be, may have You know, not...
1: Mickey, that is a that is a great point, which I haven't delved into in a long time, is, is um, control is a big part of it, because what we're really doing is when we're redefining our own self-worth is it's a form of control. It gets to say, I'm going to dictate how I live. I'm going to tell God and others, what makes me special and that a lot of times stems from hurt because where we've been hurt in many areas leads to a spirit of control. And sometimes we place ourselves under the yoke of control where we're controlled by others. Um, Other times we begin casting that off and many of the listeners have cast off that, that type of um, abusive relationship and dynamic in the body of Christ. And so what we do is we begin placing a yoke of control over ourselves and we say god i'm going to thank you for loving me or for saying you love me or died for me but i'm really going to control how i behave and what i think is important and um and we we start to mold our relationship with god based upon our own wounds and hurts and we attempt to control and moderate and modulate the pain that's in our own heart so and I haven't even thought of that in a really long time, Mickey. That's fantastic, and that really is the same as rejecting His Word. We're rejecting His goodness.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like uh, to, to piggyback on what you're saying, like I, I suppose the reason why we would reject His goodness is is obviously previous previous wounds, not seeing how good He is. I know in my beginning of. The beginning of my walk, I I uh, read the Bible a lot, but I glossed over a lot of these things. I was I was unwilling to look at it. My eyes were weren't just o were just not open. No one no one would share these things with me, and so I was trying to please God through my works. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. Thank God, I'm more and more free now, knowing how to so Mickey, take take these we... thoughts captive.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Mickey. It sounds like you were just starting to say I was going to ask you. um,
2: So what would you say is the process that has
1: helped you as a child of God? Now, guys, you know, Mickey and I said that we've known each other and really have been spending really quality time uh, as a brother in the Lord and as a son with Mickey for about five years. But I've known Mickey since he was a little little baby. Um, My wife, Maya, brought his mom uh, to the Lord. And um, there's quite a testimony there that we won't get into uh, on that tonight. But um, I have watched, you know, Mickey in all stages of his life from a slight distance. And since really uh, I've been discipling Mickey in Christ and pointing him toward Christ, I've seen amazing transformations, Mickey, in your life. And so in your own words, Mickey, what what has been the process? that I have gotten to see, that I'm blessed by and, and so encouraged by in this generation, what has been the process that has really ministered to you to enter into more and more freedom in Christ and what that means that whom the son sets free shall be free indeed. what, what is? How has it helped you?
2: What, is, what has worked for you in that journey? Well, honestly, I, I believe it starts with, uh, with, the holy spirit like leading me into this whole whole wilderness stage and a lot of it was just taking thoughts captive i i would he would reveal to me lies like through dreams or uh visions or or words of friends or just opening up the scriptures to me as i read or you know any my prayer time even even through some movies but uh, he would just reveal to me some lies that I was believing, and I had the option to choose and and take those those thoughts captive. And for me, the, and the way I think, the best way was to use scripture, obviously, to take thoughts captive, because I know that I know that that's God's word. So I would use yeah. scripture, and. And with me, it's not just one scripture. Like, I need to know, like, the whole New Testament scriptures. So all, in, in preparing for this, like, I had so much thoughts coming through my head because the whole New Testament is really filled with stuff about the freedom that we have in Christ and how we have been freed from the law. Yes. So, yeah. Uh,
1: uh, Mickey, when you – just to expand a little bit for the sake of the body of Christ listening – um, because those that tune in and those that have listened this far, they're hungry. Um, you know, in any broadcast anywhere for any of us that, that, that teach either on blogs or, or serve the body through blog talk or any of the venues, right? There's a five minute cutoff where people will listen for five minutes. And then there are those that um, want to come back to hear and to really dig into the Lord. And so for those that, that are pressing in, can you explain a little bit, what does that mean to take thought catches? You mentioned before, Um, that you had to address lies. God was faithful to you, as he's faithful to all of us and will never stop, to show you lies that you were believing that hindered your walk with him. Can you you expound on that a little bit more? What does that mean?
2: What kind of lies? What does that look like? So for me, a lot of the lies were, were hindering my intimacy, and what they were producing in my life was, obviously false beliefs, but really not comfortable feelings and, um, fear, uh, fear of other people. And I, I didn't believe like God, I didn't believe God's word. I had, I had beliefs like that, uh, that I had to do things for God, for God to be pleased with me. And so that that really did not produce the fruit that that a son of god like has like joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness and self-control. It really just produced fear. Like I thought I was God was mad at me. And so through reading scripture and through the encouragement of you and and other people, I I realized that that God loves me and I would use the scriptures about God's love about him delivering me, about his his unconditional acceptance despite works, uh, I would use those scriptures to, and I would confess that I would confess those scriptures and renounce the the lies that I had believed, the the belief systems that were that were straight up wrong. <laughs> yeah, Amen. And Mickey,
1: if I can jump in on that, guys, one of the toughest nuts to crack. Right? every every epistle addresses the mind every epistle has portions of scripture which we go back to the foundation of what Paul is addressing what the Holy Spirit is speaking in the word to the, the different vessels that he chose are addressing the battlefields in the mind so the first net we have to crack because so many gears start to grind when we talk about well how could you mean he loves us unconditionally guys there's a difference between how fathers and if our lives are consistent with how he sees us, there are two separate things. One is called positional righteousness. One is relational righteousness. If I choo- if I'm a millionaire, if I'm heir to a kingdom, if I'm heir to uh, the Prince of Wales, I'm the Prince of Wales. And I choose to live like I am a homeless man. And I choose to live in a homeless shelter. If I choose to never wash and, and I go around barefoot and I stink, that does not change that I am heir to the throne, I am the Prince of Wales. It will never change that. It simply means I choose to live a life that's not consistent with who my father, the king, sees me as. That's the easiest way to say it, guys. Um, Colossians 1.21 yeah. says you were alienated. I'm sorry, Mickey, are I cutting you off?
2: Oh, no, just just another picture of this is like, let's say uh, there you have this hawk or eagle and uh, it's been caged all of its life. And then someone comes and opens a cage like that hawk has been made free or the eagle has been made free. free. It's just got to fly out of that cage, you know. So well, I'm just great. giving I another like that picture. A
1: lot. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and and the scripture that I was going to throw out there, that Mickey, that you and I discussed a lot in the fellowship is constantly discussing. One of the many pillars in the New Testament is Colossians one twenty one and 22, guys. That we've pre- been presented to, to, well, let me just read it. Now he has reconciled you in the body through his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Guys, the blood of Jesus Christ did that. Mm-hmm. You can't undo that. It's impossible to undo that. To undo it means you're not saved. you rejected his gift of righteousness. Anyone's wondering if, if God no longer sees me as righteous, it would mean you reject his righteousness. Because what Jesus gave us is a gift. It can't be earned. What was given to us is never revoked. So we choose to either live according to how he sees us, which will motivate us. Romans 2 makes it very clear, do you despise the riches of his forbearance, not knowing it is the goodness of God that brings man to repentance? Guys, it's a revelation of his love that will get you to break out of the bondage of the sin that you can struggle with, that you struggle with or could struggle with. It's not by focusing on the sin and trying to control it through more discipline. That's not what breaks the yoke of sin. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit living in us that breaks the yoke. So I just want to encourage that with you guys. With that, you know the Scriptures talk about how we're a new creature, and many of us get tripped up. Does that mean that, that I can sin? I'm not looking to sin, guys. No one should be looking to sin. We should be looking to develop intimacy because he loves this and he wants intimacy. When my kids go looking for me throughout the house, when they hear me pull into the driveway and they go searching for me for, throughout, throughout the, the grounds, you know, sometimes I'll go around the back, I'll start looking at the flower garden or I'll start looking around the house. I love being outdoors and so they start looking for me. Are they looking for me because they think that I'd be displeased with them if I, they don't look for me? No, I'll tell you that right now. That's not why they're looking for me. And they're not looking for me because they think there's an expectation and I'll be disappointed with them if they don't seek me. They're seeking me because they know how much I love them. And that love that they know and can feel and perceive makes them want to seek me out. It makes them want to run into my arms. When they were younger, they did not do that as much. But as their capacity for love grew, as we went from just holding them and feeding them milk, as we went to playing with them and holding them, and as they mature out of infancy to toddlers, to young boys and young girls, their capacity to know how much I love them, their capacity to perceive the love that comes from their father has grown, and they seek me out more. As that, is, that is the picture of our walk. So... So, Mickey, in closing up, we want to stop right at the half hour. I'm trying to do that more, guys, because I want us to have more time to digest and to listen to, again, to these broadcasts. I want to continue. The Lord's made it um, really a mandate to me to try to really keep this short and to the point to allow it to minister to you guys more. So, Mickey, in closing up, any final thoughts on that on a word of encouragement or or, or lessons the holy spirit's bringing to your mind i know you're very sensitive to his leading so i, I want to give space for that before we close out
2: yeah sure just just one quick thing um i wanted to add in um a lot of time we we talk about sharing sharing the gospel with the lost and stuff the lost doesn't want another another rule book a lot of the lost people who i speak to here have come from catholicism and they don't want that they don't want another rule book they maybe the the lost had parents that were that were controlling or whatever like no one wants a rule book thrown at them they want they want unconditional love they want to feel the kindness and love of God like that's that's how you're gonna win people and obviously the scripture with that is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance and so that's mm-hmm. that's the only thought I got here. That's
1: good, Mickey. That's a great reminder for us all, myself included. That's fantastic. Well, Mickey, I want to thank you um, for coming on. I want to thank you for teaching on this. And, and you know what? Before we do, um, I'm just, I'm just getting, uh, I'm getting poked by the Holy Spirit. I need to ask you again. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, God is so faithful, guys. Mickey, can you walk us through an example of a lie that God has shown you you're believing uh, what, give me an example of a lie that you're comfortable sharing that had to be removed and ha- removing, repenting of living according to that lie has increased your revelation of his love, has increased intimacy in your walk with God. Can you give us an example? Hmm.
2: Um, I guess the, there's been a ton that I've been addressing all, um, a lot. <laughs> Um, one, one lie that I was believing, especially early in, in my walk was in order for healing for me to heal others or for healing to come for me, I had to have, I had to like do things or be, be reading, be in my word, be reading the Bible, um, be doing all the right things or whatever. And to know that that comes through faith as well really was not only a blessing to me, but to all the people who I've prayed for and have been healed over these years, because just like salvation, I know, I know that I know that I know that it's through faith. It's his power working in and through me that, that heals other believers and delivers them and you know deliverance is the, is freeing them and so uh one one lie was that i had to earn like god's healing power <laughs> so and that it was great to to even know that it's also through faith that uh healing happens he heals through us
1: that's fantastic, Nick. That's a great example. For those of you that are wondering, guys, to to think that we have to earn the right to move in God's goodness is a direct contradiction to Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. 18. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. And because Christ lives inside of us, it is not based upon our righteousness. We do not earn the right to use the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus that, that the demonic realm trembles and bows, not your holiness. You cannot earn... The name of Jesus. so and James chapter two says that uh, um, whoever whoever lacks whoever lacks wisdom, the, the context is wisdom, but the principle is to seek God, who is a diligent giver, who's a a, a lavish giver. It says whoever you lacks wisdom let ask let him seek God who gives and up, upholdeth not. If you look in the the Greek in that, it means he's a generous giver. He's a generous giver. Um, and the fiction the scriptures is filled with that mark eleven twenty three you know Mickey talked about faith it's it's faith it's trust it's belief, so the word faith is belief, a personal trust in his word that what he says he he is faithful to do and mark eleven twenty three says whatever you believe speak and it will be done according to john fourteen nineteen if you abide in me, and my words abide in you so guys, when we put all these together right, when we put the bible together. Mm-hmm. Context. That's why it's, right, Mickey, you know this. We talk about this a lot. It's so important for us to look at things, step back, and look at what is the context of the author. What is, when, when Father God was writing this, when Holy Spirit was confirming the words that are on Father's heart in the written word, what was he trying to say? And, guys, what Mickey has brought us here, and this is just an appetizer, I know, Mickey, I know you could go on for this for days, guys, is that you can't earn this. There is freedom that was given in the blood, and and we either choose to walk in it or not. And it starts by beginning to to look at our thoughts, examine our thoughts, and say, what are the thoughts that I have? and Are they consistent with the covenant that has been promised since Genesis that was given 2,000 years ago? If we find ourselves, guys, quoting from the law, we're living under the wrong covenant. We've gotten the wrong set of freedom that we're trying to live in because we're, we're the, if we're going under the law, it means we're trying to earn something. We're trying to justify ourselves. And the scriptures say that our righteousness is filthy rags. But we are not filthy rags in Christ. As Isaiah says, we've been given the robe of, of, of righteousness and the garment of salvation. What is filthy rags to God is our own attempts to live holy. It's through the empowerment of Christ and accepting the freedom and the power that's in him. So, um, Mickey, I want to thank you for this. We've got to have you back on here again. You are a powerhouse of things to share, Um, and and I know that the Lord has a lot of things he's doing in you, and there's a place that's continuing to build in the body of Christ, the things that you have to teach. You have a servant's heart, and you have a pure heart, and I'm honored to call you friend, and and I'm honored to be in your life. Brothers and sisters, I hope this has ministered to you. I hope you get a chance to listen to this more than once. And ask God, give the Holy Spirit permission to speak to you in dreams, in visions, in the word, through others, through another teaching. Guys, seek the milk of the word in this hour. More and more and more of the body of Christ are turning to things to distract them from their pain. And we're not maturing. And I know, and Lord has shown me, that that the brothers and sisters that gather to hear truth, God will feed. He will be faithful. He will likewise not turn away anyone who comes to him. So, God bless you guys. I love you. Dorothy, uh, anything to add before we close out? You've been awful quiet tonight, Dorothy. Okay. Um, I'm just listening. I'm enjoying it. it. And it's, you know, I love the, Anthony's teaching this. We went along along quite the same lines. And I just love that when the different teachers who don't speak to each other teach the same things <laughs> from different angles. So it, it's yeah, just amen. wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well Mickey, thank you. Dorothy, thank you as always for opening up this channel and for um the the ministry that you have here of supporting Blog Talk Radio and the portal here um i know that you never asked for contributions and uh that's supported on your own end and that is a blessing that's an honor and, and i want to thank you for that as always god bless you guys you have a wonderful evening we uh, hope to see you next week we're going to be continuing on the deeper communion series which goes right along with this this really wasn't a deviation this was just kind of a a shunt into that and get to hear from other members in the body of christ who are growing into maturity so God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Love to all of you guys. Mickey, thank you again. Mickey, I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, David. Okay. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful night. Shalom.
0: This has been Zeal Fear House. David Murray and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's D W M U R R Y.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your Heavenly Dad loves you deeply.